Next, we are going to introduce the wonderful Paul Graham, who is uh, one of the elders with us here at Life Church, and he is going to be speaking and rounding up our uh, Elijah, Elisha, and Elisha series that we've been working through over the last few weeks. And so, without any further ado, um, Paul Graham is has been isolating over the last few weeks because of COVID in the family. And so, Lord, we pray you bless them and keep them. We love them very much. And uh, and he has worked tirelessly in difficult, um, in difficult, <laughs> in difficult situations with family at home, preparing a sermon for us. Uh, so let's uh, let's welcome him, his words to our heart. Lord Jesus, we ask that your word would be spoken this morning, and that we would have ears to hear what you're saying. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Over to Paul. Hi. Um, before we just start looking at the Bible together, I just wanted to share something with you. Um, over the last few months, I've really been missing the informal catch-ups that uh, that had with people. You know, the, those times where you just see someone for a few minutes and you know, just have a chat, have a have a catch-up on on how life is, or or just just nothing at all, um, no agenda. And uh, I've been trying to think of a way of, of of making that happen again after after so many months. Um, and We've got a wonderful building, the Flatten Centre, and we've got a cafe area. And so what I'm going to do is just open up um, the cafe area Wednesday 11 till 2 just for a drop-in. Um, we'll have free teas and coffees and biscuits um, that we'll be happy to, to serve you with. Um, it's open to all, whether you want to wear a mask or no mask, whether you come on your own or whether you come with a group of other people, whether you want lemon in your tea or whether you want six sugars in your coffee, it really doesn't matter. Um, You'll be most welcome if you can come. Um, If you want to arrange to meet a friend there, if you want to bring your neighbour, there'll be no agenda, just an opportunity, a space for people who haven't seen each other for a while just to come together and to chat. And as elders, we, we don't want to miss out on this either. So um, at least one of the elders will be there um, each week. And uh, you know, whether you want to have a serious chat with us or, or a less serious chat, we'll, we'll just be on hand as well, probably serving you um, a tea and a coffee, no doubt. So I want to yeah, encourage you to, to come along to that if you can. Um, starting Wednesday is the 23rd of July between 11 and 2. Um, we've got some new garden furniture for Fletton and we're going to have a bit of a declutter and a bit of a spruce up just so it's a nice welcoming place for you to gather. Now, I've got the privilege of having a look back over the whole of the Elijah and Elisha Troublemakers series that we've been digging into over the last 12 weeks. And uh, so that's the account of kings and kingdoms of ancient times um, and prophets, which are God's messengers. And we've seen war, we've seen battle, we've seen famine, we've seen sieges, we've seen what slaughter, fire from heaven, big miracles, two main prophets who are in in confrontation with kings and kingdoms, um, serious persecution and even someone being taken up to heaven in a whirlwind. And this is big, big, big stuff. And it doesn't look like my life has looked like for the last couple of days, weeks, years. But it has been so relevant. In in amongst this, um, Eli, we've seen Elijah and Elisha deliver messages from God to leaders, especially those who are leading the people away from God. 
Um, and if we were to, to read the Gospels, the, the four written accounts of, of Jesus' life, we'd see Jesus doing the same, exposing and challenging leaders and practices that were pulling people away from a relationship with God. And if we flip back and look closer at Elijah and Elisha, amongst all the big stuff that we've spoken about, we see them caring, encouraging and demonstrating God's goodness to the individuals and those around them. The personal touch, bringing God's people, among God's presence amongst the people, whether that's you know, providing food for someone, whether that is rescuing a borrowed tool, whether that is stopping some bad cooking from, from poisoning everyone or, raise, or raising a son to life again. Yeah, they've, been, they've been demonstrating God's goodness personally amongst the people. And Jesus was the perfection of this. He was hard on those who kept the people, who kept the people distant from, a, from God, but he was caring and serving and loving to the individual. And Jesus was ushering in a new era, a new kingdom where all can have that personal relationship, that personal access with God. And so these fiery, uncompromising men that we read about in one and two kings, they are relevant. They are showing a pattern of God's character and of God's kingdom, which was then perfectly demonstrated in Jesus. And so as we seek to follow Jesus, these examples are precious. They obviously have historical value. Um, but I love the window they provide into God's character. And there have been lots of things that the speakers have pulled out over the last 12 weeks. And so I'd encourage you, if you've missed any, um, to have a look at our YouTube channel. Over the coming week, we'll be uploading the previous talks in a, in a playlist so it's easy to access. And I encourage you to continue to dive into these things because they are relevant for us today. And another thing that has shone through for me over the past weeks is that Elijah and Elisha had a fundamental belief that God's ways are best. They were called to walk in some pretty outrageous ways, um, which put them at odds with a lot of people. You know, Elijah got to the point of running away, um, of, of curling up and, and, and wanting to die because Jezebel had threatened him. But in this state, he accepted God ministering to him and he responded to his prompting. In 1 Kings, we read how, how God asked him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah responded and he went out and he stood before God and he allowed God to speak into his situation. There was a fundamental belief that God's ways are best and that being with God and drawing closer to God is best. Now I'm not perfect in this, but I, I, I recognise that God has been encouraging me and showing me things around this, particularly over the last couple of years. You know, that subtle difference between, oh God, help me in this, when our own ways aren't working out so well. And God, I want to be closer to you and, and know your ways in my life. That subtle difference between those two things. And I've responded to a realisation that I need to be closer 
in my life to God. And not just when things are difficult or at a crisis point. You know, I've had plenty of times in my life where I've cried out to God in the difficult times and the crisis points. And he's been there with me. He's held me. He, he's, he's strengthened me. He's loved me through those difficult times. And he won't stop. He, he never lets us down in that. But over the last couple of years, I've found a sweetness in being closer to God more and more often. In the everyday and in the normal, being closer to God, just that sweetness. And I've realised that this takes submission. This, this is acknowledging that his ways are best and his ways are better. Just coming before him and enjoying him means putting down my agenda, my list of things. And that's submission. He is good and his ways are best. So let's enjoy him. I'm trying now not to just sort of bolt God onto the end or into the middle of a situation I've already started off in. But I'm trying to start off with, with God and then look at the situation. And over the last couple of years also, I've, I've stepped into more responsibility in church. And with lots of things going around in my mind, it, it's harder. It's hard to, to quiet myself and surrender those things to God. But it is the best way. And I've come to realise that more and more. And sometimes you can tell that things are, are good for you, things are working for you, when you really notice their absence, when you notice that you don't do them. And this past week has been one of those weeks. It's been a week of disruption. I've had three people in the house um, who have been ill. And I've been trying to homeschool two children whilst also doing the other things. And I know I took this on in, in, my, in my own strength, in my, in my own ways, without coming to God first and, and giving him the time and strengthening myself in him. And I was getting frustrated during the week. I was struggling to concentrate. I was finding that my, my actions and my approaches were failing. And it's really humbling. It's really humbling. I'm like 40, I can like manage a week. <laughs> with 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 uh, with some ill people and a bit of homeschooling, it's humbling. But the great thing is, when we humble ourselves before God, He lifts us up. And for me, there was a moment during the week when I came to a stop, and I came before God, trying to allow the things that I was struggling with just to fade away the noise of the things that were difficult just to die down as I focused on him, as I focused on him. And as, as I'd finished that time, I knew I'd made no progress in the situations. My list of things to do had not got shorter, but my approach had changed. My attitude had changed. I felt more able to cope as I'd found strength in God. I suppose I'm just left with one question. Just why, why didn't I do it sooner? But I'm sure we've, we all have, all have had those experiences. And Elijah, he had a little of the same. 
He knew he'd fled from Jezebel. He curled up and wanting to die. But he came before God on the mountain. In 1 Kings 19, it says that God wasn't in the, in the big events as God passed by him. No, God was speaking in a low whisper. And it is a challenge to come before God to quiet our hearts and our minds, to submit ourselves and our situations afresh to God. But it is good to do. You know, what, what things in life, what situations in life, what things in life do we find hard to put before God, to submit to God? And what things are going around in our mind that we find hard to quiet down and focus on God? Let's try, let's seek to give them to him. And submitting ourselves to God will look different for each of us. Uh, but the basics are the same. It's giving some time for him. It's talking to him. It's reading the Bible, which is, is God's word and giving it space and, and letting it have impact in our lives. And it's recognising that, 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 that God is good and telling him that his ways are best. And that's worship. And I can assure you that if we seek this, he is faithful. In John 6, verse 68, as some of those following Jesus were, were walking away, and Jesus turned and he, he asked his, his 12 disciples, his, his close followers, whether they wanted to, to leave as well. And Simon Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And what a revelation, what a promise. Jesus has the words of eternal life. What a challenge. You know, let's be a people who seek to not just hold on to this promise as, as like an eternal out there promise, but to feed on it daily, regularly, looking to the ultimate life giver as we go through life ourselves. You know, where can I, where should I go? You have the words of eternal life, Jesus. I want to spend time with you. And time spent with God is never wasted. And I know, I know that for myself, that, that disciplining my, my mind and my, my body to seek God regularly, to, to respond the right way to challenges, to, to have a good heart for, for all, to care for others consistently, it's tough. And I look at Elijah and I look at Elisha and the bold things they did and the other ways that they served the people around them and cared for them, the disciplined, the unselfish lives. And, and Jesus did the same, demonstrating God in the bold and the powerful, but also in the, in the selfless and the gentle and the servant-hearted. And I feel a little inadequate. You know, I find it hard to continue to discipline my mind and my body. But I encourage that the same God who was at work with Elijah and Elisha is at work in me. Jesus said in John 7, he says that whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now he's talking about the spirit, which would be given to those who believed. The spirit of God who was at work 
with Elijah and Elisha and who God sent on Jesus' behalf will flow out of us like rivers of living water. I've really loved this verse recently. The reassurance that God's spirit is living and active within me, able to flow out even when I feel inadequate. And so often in life I have tried to do the the practical, the physical stuff, the, 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 the disciplines, because I feel I should or that it will increase God moving in my life. And, and it will to a point. But in reality, it's not the things, it's not the things of our outer self that change the things of the inner self. It's the other way around. And aligning ourselves closer with God, seeking him, will allow the greater change, the greater action in our life from the inside out. Let me give you a, a personal example. Um, parents and children can be frustrating. You have the responsibility to love and care for them and the rest of the family as well. Um, but you don't have control over them. And you may know what, what is best for them and what is good for them, what they should do. And often they'll do it themselves. Sometimes they can be persuaded. But they're just regular times where they won't do what they should do. Or they won't do what is good for them. And I find that, I find that frustrating. And I've been aware of this for a while, that I get frustrated by that. And I've tried to work hard to, to control it. To, to, to manage that frustration so that I still behave in a loving manner and I'm still a good example to my children, to my family. And progress was made, but my frustration would, my frustration would come out less often, but it would still come out. I was changing the, the physical things, the, you know, the, the outer self, and trying to discipline that. But there was still the, the inner self driving this frustration, driving this feeling of frustration, it had been quashed for a little while, but it had not been changed. And that, that it was even more frustrating. You're not being able to change it, being able to recognise it, but not being able to change it myself. You know, the feelings of guilt, of inadequacy, of failure, of powerlessness, all start to come in. And I'm so thankful for the words in... Paul's second letter to the Corinthian church reminding me in chapter 5 he says in Jesus you are a new creation in Jesus I am a new creation and in chapter 3 he talks because of, of the spirit working us we can see him more clearly and understand and, and we are being transformed more and more into his likeness more and more into the likeness of Jesus and it's out of this transformation this new creation of our inner selves, this river of living water that we are empowered to change and to be effective in our lives. We are not destined to that life of failure, of guilt, of struggle, of disappointment or conflict. We're not destined to that. We are destined to a life of, of, a life of abundance. And this is a, a great relief for us all. I hope it's a great relief for us all. You know, when we first come to Jesus, we don't have to work to earn his favour. We just believe and welcome him into our lives and he accepts us as we are. And that we call grace. 
And now the response is the same. We continue to welcome him in by his spirit into our lives, submitting ourselves and allowing his spirit to be at work in us, changing us and empowering us. This is also God's grace. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But so often we, we put our own yoke on or we, we load up the burden on ourselves and try and take it on more ourselves. And I'd got tired of, of sort of banging my head against this wall of frustration and it been having an impact on family life and the atmosphere in the house. But I'm now allowing God to move in this, not just acknowledging the problem to others, but recognising that I can't fix it myself I can't fix it with my own efforts and that's okay that is okay actually what God has for me in this is better than a cover-up it's better than my squashing down my reactions he's able to transform me from within more and more into his likeness and for me this is this is actually around control I, I don't like feeling out of control in things, but how good to know that I can be transformed more and more into the image of Jesus, who willingly gave up his control over things to the point of death. He gave up his control over things to bring salvation to me. And he still wants to work in me. <laughs> it's a work in progress, but the relief is there. The assurance that we will get through this. And drawing closer to God does highlight our failings. But it comes with an enormous amount of his grace, his power, his love, his faithfulness, his gentleness, his kindness. He doesn't want us to draw nearer to him so he can pull us down. Rather, he wants to lift us up. How keen are you to draw nearer to God? I used to be reluctant to draw closer to God. You know, against his perfection, our failings stand out. They really stand out. But rather than it being a, common, a, a, a condemnation, it's an encouragement. We get inspired looking at his perfection by what we could be. And God is so gentle, he is so faithful, so kind to help draw us on in this. To change us more and more into his likeness from the inside out. And I know that I'm not going to be able to walk in any way close to the things that Elijah and Elisha and Jesus did if I rely on my own strength. Our doing and what we do has got to be empowered and driven by God at work within us. An acceptance and submission that his ways are better. Aligning ourselves with him, drawing closer to him. So that we may be changed more and more into the likeness of Jesus. Seeking more of his spirit so that out of us will flow those rivers of living water. And that's one of my dreams for us as a church family, that, that out of us, out of each individual, will flow more and more of this living water. That driven by drawing closer to God in our personal lives, spending time with him, 
in our personal lives, putting our agenda down and just appreciating who he is and what he wants to do in our lives, that out of that will flow more and more of this living water to our friends, to our families, to our neighbours, to those in the church around us. And it will be evident amongst us. I'm confident that in Jesus I am a new creation. And I want this to be a blossom and to be more and more evident. Life is better when lived in closeness with God. let's, Let's take this opportunity to come before God together. I'll lead us in prayer. Oh, Father God, we thank you that you don't change. We thank you, Father God, that you continue to work for us against the things that would keep us away from a relationship with you. We thank you, Father God, that the power that was at work with Elijah and Elisha and with Jesus is now at work within us your Holy Spirit at work within us. And Father God, we want to put our lives before you. We want to appreciate you. We want to love you. We want to spend time with you. Father God, Holy Spirit, will you draw close to us? Will you continue to empower us and strengthen us? Help us to lay down the things which trouble us and burden us and just be strengthened and empowered by you. Jesus, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you that we can be transformed more and more into your likeness. You've made a way for us to be accepted into God's family, but you don't just leave us there. You are here within us, strengthening us and empowering us. Just pray that you will help each one of us in the coming weeks just to draw closer to you. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, I feel quite provoked, actually. You know, Paul's encouragement uh, and provocation to us is is all centred around how close are you to Jesus? Um, how much time are you spending in his presence? Do you know that he, he wants to draw near to us? That is God's disposition towards us, no matter how, 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 how good or bad you've been, how you feel in yourself, his disposition is he wants to draw near to us. And so I want to encourage us, let's be those who draw near to him. Let's be those who seek his face, who enjoy time with him, because he is the Lord, our God, who loves us. Yeah, thank you, Lord, that we, we can put our trust in you and we will not be put to shame. Lord, your word says that, the Bible says that. We can put our trust completely and utterly in you, on you, and we will not be put to shame. Lord, we have a sure hope that one day we will be with you. And, uh, and Lord Jesus, that you are our Redeemer, our Saviour, the Lord God, the one who loves us and has saved us. And Lord Jesus, we just want to say thank you and celebrate and honour you. 
this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for being with us as we've gathered online in the Fletton Centre. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to us. And uh, where we are gathered, Lord, you love to be with us by your spirit. Lord, it's so wonderful. It's so good. We enjoy it so much, Father. And we say thank you. Amen. It's been a pleasure to be with you again, friends. If you're with us online, a massive thank you for connecting. Feel free to contact us. We would love to get in contact with you if you're new or exploring or trying to work out what Christianity or Jesus is all about. We'd love to have that chat with you. Um, But God bless you. It's been wonderful together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Goodbye.